know you want, but don't get between me and the blood wine. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. All right, so this is, uh, what, season six, episode two of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I tell you, this season is off like a rocket ship. Yeah. I think before we talk about that, though, we should probably talk about our hot Dr. Pepper encounter. Oh. Yes. Um, because I have the video of it. It's not great video. I've had a hard time getting it off my phone. That's why I haven't posted it yet. But over the 4th of July weekend, we had our annual, our semi-annual Dork Trek get-together. Uh-huh. Right? Every time I come to town, uh, Dennis comes to Virginia Beach, and we all hang out at Ben's house. I will say... It's it's my uh, favorite part of these things, these get-togethers that we do, is just seeing all your beautiful faces. It's really nice. Like it was, it's like the highlight of my trips to Virginia Beach is just hanging out with you guys. Because what the first what hour and a half we just sat at Ben's dinner table and just chatted. Mm-hmm. Ate like, some snacks. Yeah, we had some good delicious conversation. We had good conversation. We had tasty snacks. Um, it was really nice. Like it was very, very fun. We didn't record anything. We just hung out and enjoyed each other's company. And it was really fun. Technically by the end, we did record something. It hasn't come out yet, but it will. How did that work out? I was very proud of that. I haven't listened to it, but it was, it was hilarious to listen to. So okay. I think it's gonna be great. Dennis, uh, well, Jenny, you can give the backstory on what it actually is. And then we can tell you what we, the ideas we came up with. Okay. Or do you want so, us to do, though, or do you want it to be kind of a surprise when it comes out? I can I can set it up a little bit. Uh, so Justin, the Hulkster, and I did a podcast. Whoa! Um, for those of you that don't know Jenny, this would be a good time for you to promote your other podcasts mm-hmm. too. Jenny does like seven other podcasts. I only do the one now, and that was oh, it's on hiatus while we're like regrouping, and we're about to start writing another. So wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Well, so the other ones are on hiatus. Playing Doctor is on hiatus. That's permanent hiatus. <laughs> oh, so you stopped doing mouthy broadcast is on hiatus, right? So that one's on permanent hiatuses as well. It's it's on something. It's on that. It's on it's on its deathbed. It's it's in a permanent vegetative state. All right, so you're taking a break from that. Just say you're taking yeah. a break. And hey, so Bob, we can start doing mouthy broadcast now. <laughs> there you go. Do it. Yo, do it. Do it. So. So Justin, the Hulkster, and I wrote a podcast. It's like 12 episodes, and it's based out of uh, GTA universe, the GTA game universe. I will say that's very impressive. It's like writing a goddamn podcast. <laughs> it's just – yeah. It was an interesting experience. Like and, it's a, and it's a cool niche idea, too, because I yeah. haven't played GTA in a long time, but I remember there being radio stations that played mm-hmm. on in the cars. So you guys just essentially made your own GTA radio station. Exactly. That's, exactly. So, that's so neat. Yeah. I know it just sounded like a total lame by saying <laughs> it was neat, but that was so neat. <laughs> yeah, so we based it out of a – we made up a community college that would be in Los Santos and made a – community college radio station there um so spoilers but at the end of the season the hosts disappear and we wanted to fill in with something else and 
Ben is one of the characters on the, the show. Um, and he's kind of like everybody's favorite side character. So we brought him in to do some, some little bonus episodes, basically. And then you guys jumped in and did an episode with us yes. last weekend. Yes. And yes. it's, I guess we can set it up by saying that it's going to be, it's anchored in the new casino that they're adding to the GTA Online world. So I'm waiting for that to come out first before I can put your guys' episode out. Yeah, and it should be like any, like probably next week. So I'm excited. Dennis and I had fun doing what we were doing. Uh, we did it very loudly. Uh, we did it in the <laughs> apartment building and it was like 1230 at night when we were doing this and Ben was not pleased by the time it was all over. He was like, my neighbors, shut the fuck up, Ben. Shut up, pussy. We're having, hanging on the walls. We're having fun. Shut your stupid face. This doesn't affect our lives. This doesn't affect us. I'm leaving tomorrow. But yes. So that was a lot of fun. So if anybody wants to listen, it's uh, Bell and Dubs in the Morning. And it's on all the places where you can get podcasts. There you go. Bell and Dubs in the Morning on the Jenny Zell Podcast Network. <laughs> See if you recognize the guest voices on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so that was a lot of fun, but we just hung out. We had a nice time and we watched an episode of Cold Check, which was super fun, which I know we've talked about doing Law and Order as a, as a secondary podcast this, but man, Cold Check would be one. It's 13 episodes. Like, it, or actually, I, I think, don't think I can watch that by myself. It's great. It's wonderful. I love Cold it's Check. It's fun to watch with people. Right. Yeah. It would almost be fun to do as like a watch party kind of a thing between all of us. And then we kind of like do like a, like a mystery science theater or like a, you know, like reaction mm-hmm. to the show. It was really fun to watch. I enjoyed that. And then, um, but yeah, but then we also enjoyed the hot Dr. Pepper because a couple episodes ago, Ben mentioned that people in the 60s used to drink Dr. Pepper hot. And so we bought two liters of Dr. Pepper and cooked them on Ben's stove and drank them. And uh, Jenny, what was your consensus on the hot Dr. Pepper? It was surprisingly good. Surprisingly <laughs> good. I mean, I would even say like surprisingly good makes it sound like it was like, oh, I expected it to be hot garbage, and it was just okay. Like, it was good. <laughs> like, it was legit good. Have you had any since then? No. no. Okay. All right. I can't handle that amount of sugar. Like, if I did die, Dr. Pepper, but I think that would ruin the magic. Okay. It's All kind right. of a production to do it. You can't really do single-serving mm-hmm. hot Dr. Pepper. Why couldn't you just do, like, a can? What do you mean? Like, in a, but you're going to get a pot and make a can of hot Dr. Pepper? Right? Like, couldn't you just do that? Like, I guess you could. like in a kettle or something, right? Yeah, you could just put it in a kettle, like tea. Mm-hmm. Like, you would, maybe I will buy, like, well, my, my Keurig's getting old anyways. Maybe I'll just fill it up with some Dr. Pepper. And some <laughs> That's not going to work. You're not going to get the, the whole uh, experience that way. No. That'd be hot. Yeah, but it would have, like, coffee bits in it and stuff. And yeah, yeah I, I hardly ever drink coffee. Like, my wife drinks coffee sometimes, but. I make sure I clean that shit. It's gonna up. taint your coffee pot. Yeah, I think you should. If anything, you should just get like a can of Dr Pepper poured into, like a like a teapot, and then just heat it up on the on the stove, or just even into like a regular pot. Like you don't even need a teapot; just pour mm-hmm. it in like a pot. Like you mm-hmm. would make macaroni and cheese, but instead of putting water, put Dr Pepper. I think you could mm-hmm. do it. But yeah, we teapot would be fun. We use, it'll be it'll be whistling the whole time because all that carbon dioxide leaving. Yes, That's true too. We uh, we cut up some oranges and put oranges in the cup mm-hmm. and poured the hot Dr Pepper in there. Dennis, what did you think? I thought it was uh, pretty good. I 
I had forgotten that flat Dr. Pepper is not bad, you know, because that's essentially what you're doing yeah. is you're making it flat. So when, when you have it, it's, you know, any other flat soda is not going to be great. Mm-hmm. But flat Dr. Pepper, it works. The 23 flavors. They yeah, hold it, it still manages to maintain like the Dr. Pepper taste, which was cool. It made me, I don't know if it was all the dairy, but it made me feel kind of gassy. Like, I don't know, maybe I, I think I did drink mine a little too fast, but it was, it was yummy. Like I was, uh-huh. I was stunned that I would in heaven. I thought I was going to take like two sips and be like, oh, that's enough. Yeah. Like, but I drank my whole glass Mm-hmm. And, or excuse me, my whole teacup of it, and it was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say and you were surprisingly gassy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I mean, Ben makes a lot of dairy, and I'm not. Again, I think I'm just. I just abused my body terribly while I was on vacation. I just, I was just finding any excuse to f- eat like handfuls of Oreos at a time. And I think my mom was trying to lure me to her house by just having handfuls of uh, Oreos and <laughs> available for me to consume at any time. So, yeah, so I left feeling like hot garbage. But yeah, that's kind of the point of vacation. And I ate a lot of fucking cheese, too. You ate a lot of cheese, Dennis. I was killing that cheese. I you, owe Ben like a wheel of cheese. You had, because Ben, for some reason, I don't know why, he put out uh, toothpicks with the horse hors d'oeuvres so people would just use like a single toothpick to eat at the end of the extravaganza, Dennis had enough toothpicks to build like the Notre Dame in Paris. Like he could have just made the giant statue. It would have been beautiful. You ate like two bags of cheese. I don't think you've pooped since, since last Friday. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a wonderful experience. Uh, if we come back uh, in, for Christmas, to Virginia Beach, I look forward to getting together again with all of you. So it was a wonderful time. A time of a fellowship and hot Dr. Pepper. That's really what brings us all together is the hot Dr. Pepper. It was the hot DP. Yeah. yeah. Everybody try this at home. A lot of yeah. things we do I wouldn't recommend trying at home, but the hot Dr. Pepper is something you can try at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was surprisingly good. You guys put a little bit of rum in yours, a little limon rum. Sure. It did. It helped. <laughs> Not that it needed help, but it, was it certainly didn't hurt. <laughs> well, there's nothing a little a lemon rum can't uh, enhance. That's true. So anyway, so let's get on with the episode. Uh, this was like sticks. What was the name of the episode? Rocks and Shoals, I think. Yeah. It sounds like the name of like a bad law firm. Rocks and Shoals should be do rocks. Have you been injured in a car accident? Asbestos poisoning got you down? Rocks and Shoals. <laughs> it's also one of my favorite '80s metal bands. Yeah, they're really good. That that album they had, which was called Shoals Rocks, was just amazing. Appetite for Catcher So White. I think I think they weren't they a singer songwriter duo. Like there was actually like Steve Rocks and Jim Shoals. It's like uh, yeah. Loggins and Messina. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of those mm-hmm. Rocks and Shoals. Yeah, rock metal. <laughs> I don't know. That should never be put together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rock metal. Rock mm-hmm. metal. It doesn't say on the uh, cr- whoever played the the Vorta in this episode was totally wonderful. He was yeah. in an earlier episode. His name is Christopher Shea. He does not have a Wikipedia page, which is saying something. Uh, he was really, really good. 
This was a great episode. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say right off the bat, this was a great episode. Mm-hmm. It was very dark. That's what I think one of the things I liked about it. Yeah, it was. It Shocking. was dark. Dennis, tell us what happened. All right. So if you remember from the last episode. All right. <laughs> they attacked the Ketchacel White storage facility, but they lost all their warp drive. So it's going to take them like 17 years to get home. Something 17 like that. years, three months, and two hours. Give yes, thank you, Dr. Hour. Bashir. Yes. <laughs> so they're on their way, and they crash land. Mm-hmm. Because I guess the, the jig is up, the news is out. People know that there is a rogue Jem'Hadar vessel cruising around. They yeah. need to get blowed the fuck up. Yeah, so they get attacked. And mm-hmm. so to escape attack, they go into a nebula and crash on a planet there. Yes. That's they, one way to escape. Yes, they crash on a planet. They're being attacked. They say, hey, there's a nebula. We've never been in it. No one's ever charted this nebula before, but let's go in this nebula. So they do, and they crash. I don't care. I do not want to die today. I don't care what is happening. Get us in that nebula. <laughs> he wants to get balls deep in that nebula. Yeah, balls deep in that neb. Hey, how about you, boy? <laughs> Gotta get... Gotta get in that nib, in that gassy nebula. Oh, baby, I love it when they gassy. <laughs> Gotta get all in the nib. Oh, gonna be good. Gonna be screaming my name when I'm up in there. Birthing some stars in here. Oh, yeah, that's what we do in a bit hot gases. <laughs> yeah, so they crash land on the nebula, and I gotta say, the footage of the vessel in the background going into the water because they land on this pristine beach, like this beautiful planet. Um, and there's a shot of the Jem'Hadar ship sinking and it looked really great. It did. 1997 uh, graphics, not bad. That was good mm-hmm. special effects right there. On a TV budget. Yeah. On UPN. Yeah. No, no, it was syndicated. Oh, uh, okay, that's right. Yeah, it was syndicated. It looked fantastic. What a great shot that was. And like, it really kind of set the tone of like, wow, this is some impending doom shit here. Like, yeah. they're kind of fucked. And again, I always love it when they actually are outside instead of on a, you know, in a sound yes. studio. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And they even have like, they're in this dire moment, like um, your girl, her name's Dax. Shot, right? Yeah, Dax is mortally wounded in the attack and everything's going to shit. Their ship just crashed. They've got nowhere to go. They have no way to contact the Federation or anybody. They don't know what the hell's happening. And all of a sudden you hear, stupid miles go oh damn it and he's like what's wrong what's wrong he's like i ripped my pants and then they all have like then they all have like a cute little laugh it was a good scene it was fun i ripped my pants and i'm surprised too because they introduced a bunch of new characters in this episode people i've never seen like lieutenant ginger i I thought they were all gonna die yeah like lieutenant ginger (laughs) surprisingly lived we had lieutenant latino guy who also lived and then some but i think like wasn't it just like Lieutenant Average White Guy ended up eating it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was kind of cool. It's plenty where that came from. So yeah, plenty of dumb white guys. <laughs> but this, this, this nebula, this planet in this nebula, it ain't all beautiful beaches and ripped pants, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like paradise to me. It's not. Another vessel crashed. And it just so happens to be a Jem'Hadar ship. And, and there's like, what, seven or eight Jem'Hadar soldiers and their Vorta, 
whose name escapes me. What was it, Keevan? Keevan. What up, Keevan Looney. He plays for the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yes, Keevan. What up, Keevan? So, yeah, he's and Keevan is mortally wounded. Yeah, he's he's hurt pretty bad, man. Pretty, pretty, pretty. He's got zero hit points. Zero. He, yeah, he may, yeah, I, he may have one because he's because if he had zero, he'd be down. He wouldn't be talking. Uh-huh. He's probably got like two. I think there's a. I think he has a class ability that allows him to remain conscious. He's got an annoying class ability that lets him yap. Yeah. <laughs> lets him be a smug bastard. God, he was such a smug prick, right? Yes, that's why he was so great. Yeah, he was wonderful. The actor's name, again, is Christopher Shea. I've never, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, for God's sake. So I'm going to have to look him up on IMDb to find out what this guy's been in. But he was wonderful. Like, just a doucher. Mm-hmm. I love when we can like look at a character like this that's a complete piece of trash, smug prick, douchebag, and we're like, he's the best. He really is. <laughs> um, this guy has done absolutely nothing. He was on Deep Space Nine. He, we, we may see it. I guess we've seen him before in the Magnificent Ferengi, so we'll see him again, apparently. I think he was the second Borta we ever saw, because the first one was that female who just kind of teleported off, the, off of DS9. Uh, hang on, I'm looking now. No, this is. Well, I think we see him again. See, we see him later this season, apparently. Oh, we I'm, haven't seen him before. I'm looking at his IMDb page. Um, and now we see him later on in season six. Um, he's also on Voyager, so that'll give us something to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> then he's in Enterprise. He shows up two episodes in Enterprise. He's in The Shield. Huh. He was in the episode of The Shield Scar Tissue. Which episode? As Kivon? Yes, he was Kivon. I don't remember a Vorta being on that he, show. He was the drug dealer Kivon. <laughs> Kivon Kern. Is he the one who fought Sticky Fingers in the Sea uh, Van? Yes, he's the guy who fought Sticky Fingers in the, in the, in the shipping crate and killed him and then came out and was like, I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great show. Uh, he, he's not listed on the full cast for this episode of The Shield. But apparently he was there. I don't see his name. Christopher Shea. Nope, I don't see him. But he he made that episode. Uh, Christopher Shea was also, he's been a bit part in a lot of stuff. We could probably, you know what? I bet we could get him on the show. That's how confident I am that this guy's a do-nothing. He might have something else going on in his life, you know? No, I doubt it. Because he just appeared, well, he, he hasn't been in anything since 2014. So maybe he died. But I bet we could get him on. Jesus. Well, I mean, I'm just... he, got, he got divorced in 2010. Oh, he is dead. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, is he? Don't say that. Uh, really? Yeah. I guess we can't get him now. No. Wait, are you looking at the right Christopher Shea? I think you may, you may be doing the same thing that I did, which is like there's two Christopher Shays. Is there? Yeah. Yeah this, yeah, this guy was not born in 1958, Dennis. This guy was still working in 2010. Yeah, 1969. Christopher Shea, Star Trek. Way to make me feel all bad, Dennis. You dickhole. <laughs> Christopher Shea, Star Trek. Kevon. I bet we can get this guy on. Do I still have my IMDb Pro account? But then what? Then we talk to him and be like, man, you were a real dick. <laughs> Man, you're good at being a border man. 
If he listens to this episode, I don't think he's going to be on the episode. Why? He was great. He was the best part of the episode. We just declared him dead. <laughs> well, that was Dennis. That was, and there just happens to be another actor named Christopher Shea. A lot of the times, they he would change his name in the in the Screen Actors Guild. That's not Dennis's yeah. fault. All the Google results had his picture, like the image results. How did Christopher? Shea, did. Now, what did this Christopher Shea guy do? Apparently, he was in like Char- the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Was he? This Christopher Shea was who did? He, he was, was Linus. Oh, he was Linus. Wow, that's cool. He was Linus in a on a Charlie Brown Christmas, and mm-hmm. it's a Great Pumpkin. Wow, that would be a good get on the Linus podcast. does a lot of work in the Great Pumpkin. Yeah, he's the. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does the whole speech at the end with the with the blah blah blahs and the rah rah rahs and the Bible <laughs> stuff. And he's in a Great Pumpkin. I mean, you could say that the Great Pumpkin isn't even a thing without Linus. Mm-hmm. Wow, and he was also in Green Acres and The Odd Couple. Ooh, that's cool. This Christopher Shea is much better than that other Christopher Shea. See, now he's definitely not going to be We don't have to, he's not going to listen. We don't have to tell him any of that, Jenny. Just keep it to yourself. Can't have a snitch. Keep your mouth shut. Let's see if Christopher, <laughs> let's see if Christopher Shea's on Twitter. Christopher Shea. The dead one? No, Dennis, the alive one. Not that guy. <laughs> no. There's dead people on Twitter. You never know. Yeah, but they have like in memorandum accounts and shit. This there is a Christopher Shea who's an actor. I'm willing to bet there's there are tens of thousands of dead people on Twitter. People that have Twitter accounts and they just died. You know what? I heard. Uh... It's not like they delete your account for being inactive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there are. Let's find them all. Let's find every dead person on Twitter. Go. Just tweet everybody on Twitter. Are you dead? Are you dead? And the only reason why, the only reason why I'm on Twitter is because my wife went to an IMD, not an IM, but what was it? An IGA, the designer conference, the designer, graphic designer. She was, I don't know, she went to some designer conference and this was when Twitter was starting to get hot. She was like, You should go on Twitter to promote your artwork, to promote your comics. I'm on Twitter. It's really I just started my Twitter account and I got all these people and I'm trying to promote my photography that she hasn't been on Twitter since. I don't even know her handle. <sighs> She talked me into it now. I, I'm addicted to it. Twitter's great. I agree. I, I do love Twitter. It sometimes it gets my blood up too much. I try to cultivate like a nice Twitter environment mm-hmm. for myself. Twitter's just, just better enough, for like little one off politics to stay informed. And mm-hmm. then, you know, everything else is just dick jokes. That's yeah. the best. That's fun though. That is fun. I love a good dick joke. Can't beat a good dick joke. But yeah, anywho. Um, pork chop. Pork chop. <laughs> wait, I can't wait to go upstairs and get me a pork chop. Yeah. But yeah, so there's this, this Jem'Hadar crew and they crash on the planet as well. And they're trying to get off the planet because they have like a comm device that's broken, but they're all dumb Jem'Hadars and they can't fix it. And then we also find out that um, they're Jones and they need their white bro, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a which is just a wonderful whole nother just kind of monkey wrench to throw in on this episode. Yeah, but this brings up an interesting question to me: like, how do they when these Jem'Hadar ships are flying around? 
they have like a Vorta and then the rest of their Jem'Hadar soldiers, right? Yes. Like who's maintaining the ships? Because these guys are just bumming around trying to fix this communications device. You would think, uh, you know, they all have to basically be able to do each other's job because as somebody dies, somebody becomes the next first or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like all basically equivalent in what they can do. They don't have like different skill sets. They're not, there's not like the engineer, the tactical guy or whatever. They just all have to be able to do everything that a Jemadar can do. It's true. But they don't know how to fix these simple things. Like, does Zavorta fix everything on the ship? That's a good question. <laughs> um, maybe. Where's Ben? <laughs> ben, I mean, ben would come up with a great bullshit answer. Kind of I mean, I'm, I'm equating the Jem'Hadar. To, to me, the Jem'Hadar are very much the Klingons of Deep Space Nine to the original series. Like they're honor bound, they're warriors, yada yada. But they they're also like crack fiends. That's the that's the big that's the big difference. Um, so maybe they're not thinking straight, and I think they they show a little bit of that later in the episode. They're having a hard time keeping keeping their wits and their nerve because they even mention you know number three because number one is dead and number two is taken and number two he can't be there. So number three says like our anxiety is a little high, like they're a little. They're a little, they're Jones and man, they're tweaking. They're all symptoms. Yeah, because they don't have their white, bro. They need their white. Y'all got any more of that white? Oh, man, you got some of that white? But I guess um, their Vorta guy, uh, Kevon, he only gives them one vial. He's like, all right, you got to ration this stuff out because we're going to be here for 10 days because that's how long it's going to take to get this thing up and running again. So, you know, we got to ration it out, baby. So you, how are they going to split a vial of Tetracel white between nine Wait, people? It takes a bump. Take a bump. Take a bump. <laughs> oh, God. I'll suck you your dick. can't do a whole line. I'll suck your dick for a bump. <laughs> but they crackheads. <laughs> so that's what happens. And then um, I guess the, the enter, not the, I just called them the Enterprise. The, the crew of formerly Deep Space Nine, because now they don't really have a place. They're just nomads, if you will. What is it, Garon? Not, not, is it Garon? No, Garon's not with him. No, Garon's not with him. My brain is leaking out of the side of my head. Garrick is with him. Garrick, there you go. Yeah. Garrick and Rom. Yeah, send the, send the two non-humans out to go scouting. Are looking around for some water and stuff. And I like the idea that these two people have a history and they kind of go into it a little bit because last time they were together... Garrick tried to kill Rom, and he apologized. He's like, look, man, that wasn't me. It was somebody else. I was possessed by some, you know, some, some evil entity. My, my pheromones was going crazy. Now let me stand behind you so I can look at your butt. Mm, your little butt. <laughs> <laughs> your little butt on your little man. You got a big butt for such a little man. <laughs> Want to put you on a plate? Safi, I'll put a biscuit. So, yeah, so the, and they get captured by these Jem'Hadar. And, and, and give it to Garrick. Immediately gets captured and tries to bullshit his way out of it. Like, instantly tries to bullshit his way out of it. And, of course, that's what he's best at doing. And it would have worked. If it wasn't for those meddling kids. And that stupid communicator. And he says, look, man. I don't need you. Do you guys have a doctor with you? And he says, yes, yes, we do. He's like, get his ass over here, baby, because I'm going to be dead as fuck soon. 
yeah, that's always a good thing. Yeah. You got bargaining chips. Even if you don't have a doctor, you know Gary's going to tell them they have a doctor. Of course we have a doctor. Yeah, yeah. We've we got a whole medical team. We got, it was actually a hospital ship that crashed, you see? <laughs> yeah, sure. That's a ticket. <laughs> and then in the meantime, I guess the, the crew of the Jem'Hadar ship discover that the uh, that that Garrick and Rom have not answered their hail, so they go out in like a search party, and then all of a sudden they get ambushed by the the Tetracel White Junkies, who can't go invisible now either, which is interesting to know. They just yeah, that's can't. weird. Was that because of the the white, like because they couldn't focus or something, or did they ever really explain that? I always thought it was technology and not uh, like a inherent ability they have um, i think i think they explained it by them not having their tetracel white like they couldn't do it that's crazy they, they don't have a crack well i guess we could look hang on let's see. like the predator maybe let's see let's look at the what was the name of the episode rocks and shawl yeah like they couldn't go invisible because they didn't have a crack they space crack they captured an unfamiliar territory back at dominion camp blah 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 suffering from low levels of tetracel white the Jem'Hadar, despite a direct order, are unable to refrain from firing on the Starfleet. So they, yeah, so they, they're also unable to shroud, but it doesn't say why. But I guess um, suffering from low levels, it says suffering from low levels of Tetracel White, the Jem'Hadar, despite a direct order, unable to refrain from firing and are also unable to shroud. So I guess it's a natural ability. Wow, that's hmm. But when they on drugs, man, they can do all kinds of shit. <laughs> They like Superman on the drugs. They get off the drugs. Some tetracel white. Well, I mean, it makes sense why Starfleet would want to go after the tetracel white factories and plants and stuff because they realize that the Gem Hadar, they just got to stop the tetracel, then they become a bunch of losers. It's the war on drugs all over again. It is. It's war propaganda, bro. So, yeah, so there we are. And then all of a sudden he says, why aren't you doing what I said? Kevon is pissed. And then the other guy's like, fuck you. I, I discipline the men. You are just here to fucking give us our drugs, basically. You got one purpose, drugs. Now give them to me. Okay, so I was trying to look up how they how they couldn't turn invisible, and I accidentally found a discussion on Reddit about like why doesn't the Dominion have any engineer Jim Hadar, which is what we were just saying. Oh, yeah. They're basically it sounds like they just they kind of just don't care, like because the Jim Hadar will do like a suicide mission where they'll just fly their ship into something. They don't they don't care about the ship and the the quality of it. Like the the ship is built like to to last to begin with and i guess if they you know if it starts going bad they just oh fuck it just crash it into an enemy ship or something yeah all the crews are expendable yeah that's that's basically what it sounds like i'll send you guys this link so you can actually read it later because there's a lot of stuff in here i don't, I don't understand reddit <laughs> reddit's kind of neat i downloaded you to translate that for me Young lady, can you translate the Reddit? <laughs> I downloaded it on my phone. It's pretty neat. They they got all kinds of shit on there. I usually don't go to it by like on purpose. I just kind of like Google something and then happen to find the answer on Reddit. So that and like that's what happened this time. But these are just like Reddit's just a bunch of right? yeah. It's just a bunch of bends basically. Yeah, exactly. So without Ben here to to bullshit the answer, we had to go to internet Ben. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> that's what I imagine Reddit is. Like, people just going, well, actually. That's basically accurate, yeah. Well, actually, but I will say their D&D forum, and I just, well, actually, well, actually, their D&D forum is pretty cool. They have a lot of neat stuff on there about, like, making characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. There's some decent subreddits that aren't as like toxic as others, but for the most part, I'm just like, it's a way to like find cool stuff, but I, don't, I try not to interact with anybody on there because it's the internet and there's people. <laughs> well, actually, so they just don't want to waste the time and man power on educating a bunch of dummies. Exactly. All right, that makes sense. I, they just basically don't even really need to like, um, let's see what were the I saw something about the Vorta on here uh, so the Vorta is the overseers and the Jem'Hadar are warriors why wouldn't they clone or breed engineers um, yeah that's that's basically it's suicide runs and we built the ships to last to begin with so I guess they just count on it not no, nothing ever breaks alright theoretically fair enough nothing ever breaks that's impossible they exactly. must be rich as hell to build all these high quality ships, and then. But then, but then I guess, like Jenny says, if the ship does go bad, they just crash it into something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, fix it. Fuck that. We're just gonna crash it into something. Ramming speed. <laughs> Ramming speed. Hey, this ship's transmission is slipping up a little bit. Ramming speed. <laughs> no, we're low on uh, low on windshield wiper fluid. Ramming speed. Ramming speed. <laughs> it's over. That's why they don't have any glass on the outside. I think these tires need some air pressure. Ramming speed! <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to put air in tires, but we can ram the shit out of something. My neck is a little sore. Ramming speed. Ramming speed. <laughs> this is all happening on this planet back on Deep Space Nine. This could be one of the most memorable and impactful B stories I think they've done on Star Trek in God knows how long. Maybe gonna, maybe ever. I'm gonna say this should have been an A story. Yeah. On on a different it should have had its own episode. Dude, this shit is fucking bonkers. And it's so personal. Like it's just Kira's exploit like her 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 trying to navigate her life as a gem Hadar slash Dominion kind of bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. It's just like a sellout. It's fucking great. Like holy shit! As much fun as like the run and gun stuff is on the planet when the pew 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 and the pew pew pews and the raw. All that. This is like some real character development shit here, and it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it basically just starts by Akira Narice getting out of bed and looking in the mirror and just pushing through the day like all of us do on a daily basis. And you work for someone who sucks, but you, <laughs> but you got to do it. And see, that's they go back to her routine, like her morning routine later in the episode, like after she's has some time to reflect on incidents that have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine like a whole episode where every time they come back from a commercial break, it's her getting up in the morning, looking in the mirror, 
and then her, her day just keeps getting shittier and shittier every so time. Like, like a like a not funny Groundhog's Day. Yeah, like every time she starts to realize more and more, like holy fuck, I'm a collaborator. And well, they all fucking kill these people. When I, I think the the only. Uh, well, you know, I think it, it's deemed unnecessary to do a whole episode about it because the, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The accelerator that kind of gets her back in her old way of thinking is so moving and so powerful. You, you never just, thought I'd see something like that on Star Trek. Yeah, like that was insane. She's doing an interview with Jake, and she's saying, like, you know what, you know, this is what it is, blah blah blah, the Federation, blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden Jake spills the beans about, well, there's going to be a protest. There's a Vedic, what's her name, Vedic Yasim or whatever. Yeah. Vedic Yasim is going to have a protest on the promenade, and she's like, oh man, I got to talk to her. That's not going to help anybody. It's just going to make things worse. So she actually goes to this Vedic and says, like, look, man, you can't do this. Like, this isn't cool. You're just going to make things worse here on the station for people. Protesting is kind of dumb. It's not going to change anything. The Jem'Hadar are here. The Dominion are here. Your protest isn't going to work. And the Vedic's like, no, I'm still going to do it. Like, I'm, I have to – evil must be opposed is what she says to her. And so you leave not knowing what's going to happen. And then the next time you see this woman, she's standing on the second level of the promenade and she screams evil as opposed and jumps and hangs herself. That was insane. I, 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 I thought she was that. just going to jump. At I, first, didn't see, I didn't see the noose or anything like that when she was either. just standing up there. And then just like her feet go... I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually like rewound that scene because I was like, did they really just show that? Yeah, they did. Because <laughs> at first I thought she got pushed and I was like, oh, that's going to, that would be a way for Kira to kind of get back into the revolution thinking, no, she killed herself. She jumped off of the promenade yeah. and hung herself and died. And it was so powerful and just Wow, man, like you said, Dennis, I could never imagine Star Trek on any level doing something like, like that. Like, the thing about it, like, I was expecting, because, you know, you think about, like, the monks self-immolating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I thought maybe she would, like, phaser herself or something. You know, some kind of future suicide thing. But just the, the way she did it, that was fucking I mean, it had an impact. It I did. Mean, it's going to, you know, everybody on the, on the promenade that saw that happen is going to remember it and remember what she said and what she was there to to protest you know i don't think there will ever be a better b story in the history of star trek i have to agree with you <laughs> i mean granted <laughs> I, granted i can't think of any at the moment that come close but fuck dude that was just so powerful or, or a b story that makes you think oh shit i wonder what kira is going to do next you yeah know? like oh the next episode is going to be fucking bonkers because now she's taking off the kid gloves because she knows she can't she can't fuck around with these guys anymore. She Well, she basically says to Odo, she's like, I'm a collaborator. And uh -huh. then Odo, Odo's like, no, no. And he's like, no, I am. Like, he's, still trying to, he's still trying to hit that. So he's, he's like, no, no, nah, nah, baby. Well, he does kind of at some point, he's like, well, how do you think I feel where I have to sit? And he's like, it ain't about you, motherfucker. This is about me. And I, and yeah. I thought that was even a very powerful line for her to say, like, this is about me. Like, I used to rebel against the 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 Cardassians and fight till the end and now I'm just here and I'm a stool pigeon and I gotta change it and I don't want to fight you either, she says and then they kind of say well let's have our meetings in another place so they decide that they're gonna start a resistance on 
the station, it was, it was wonderful because part of me thought too, and I don't know how you guys feel. And I guess I'll just ask you it. Kira's, I guess, taking to this seemed very much like, Oh yeah, sure. Like, sure. This is what it is now. Like Cisco told us that this is what it's going to be. It seemed. Oh yeah. Her acceptance mm-hmm. of this occupation seemed very much like run-of-the-mill kind of. Well, I think better. like everybody gets complacent after a while, you know. Like I'm sure, like in Germany and shit like that, like people were like, "Oh, this is this is fucking crazy," but you know, I still got my job to do, so I'm gonna you know process these forms or whatever. And then slowly around them, they don't realize what's happening, kind of like right now in this country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but th- this is hyper accelerated because they're on a space station yeah well they might be hyper accelerated right now too <laughs> well they're actively at war also we're we're just technically like you know just fighting each other we're just in twitter war. falls apart exactly so but yeah, dude, it was fuck, man. Like it was so wonderfully done and and wonderfully written, and just it was great, you know. And now you get a real sense of like, oh shit, this is the start of the, you know, the the revolution here, the the overthrowing mm-hmm. of the the dominion, the resistance is going to start right here. And it was it was, dude, it was it was great. It woke me up. I'm ready to join the resistance. Yeah, it was it was some of the best Trek I think I've ever seen. And this is the B story. The A story itself is fine. But the B story, I don't think they could have made a whole episode of it. So I'm glad it was just a B story. Because again, like if she woke not back, up. Not back in 1997. Not like back in. This, now they could do a whole episode on this. and Because shows do stuff like that. Like uh, Legion is a show I'm watching right now. Mm-hmm. They do, they do like these extended things. You're like, where the fuck is this episode going? And then by then you're like, holy shit, that was great. Okay, all right. So It's like a slow burn type of episode where it just builds up to that, that one key moment and then it all pays off. Interesting. Well, the payoff for this was great. Yeah. I didn't, it, was, it was wonderful. Like it was so well done. Um, and then we go back to the planet and then the Vorta dude makes a deal with Cisco. He's like, look, man, these dummies ain't going to fix this machine. We know it. I know it. They know it. We've got one test tube of white left. I told them to attack you because I guess Julian comes and heals him. He takes care of him. He's fine. Because yeah. he's a genius. He's a... Takes care of him. Takes care of him. I thought he was going to see... I thought he was going to secretly kill him. Like kind of pulling out oh no i cut the wrong vein (laughs) (laughs) whoops but he he heals him and then the vorta guy tells uh, julian and cisco like look man um these dummies ain't gonna fix this machine i want to get the fuck off this planet i'm having them attack you tomorrow kill them all and i'll help you get off this planet which just is perfect for the diet the monologue that cisco gave earlier in the episode about the vorta being kind of schemey and low-honored people. And the Geminar know it. Yeah, they do. The first chance this guy gets to sell us out, he's going to do it. But you know what? Mm-hmm. We have a job to do. We were, we were literally made to do this. So we're going to do it. Yeah. How long do you think this guy had this plan, like, ready to go in case something like this happened? You know, like, 
it seems weird that like he thought of this plan like while he's laying in the the deathbed you know like the whole the the tactical aspect of it like attack from this way or whatever you know that seem weird to you guys like he's laying there like half dead and he's like well if, if i tell the jim hadar to uh to come in from this way then yeah. they can set like him up how, as did, a how did he know the layout of that i guess they would right. tell him. like if he told him hey give me a map of the layout between here and their place they would show him and then he'd be like okay go here right and that makes say, sense uh that'll put us right in the open he's like do it and they'll just do, it. <laughs> do what i say well because later because cisco doesn't really just want to do what i say you ain't getting none of the old drugs but yeah because um i guess back on in the federation camp they had like a meeting about all this stuff and yada 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 and i love cisco he's like we are not voting on this yeah, well they're Motherfuckers. Well, they're arguing about it. Like, well, this isn't right. You know, we can't just kill him like this. It's not cool. What do we do? And then Cisco just basically like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Hold rank on him. You now, do I'm, what I say. <laughs> I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Do what I want. That actually made me really happy because, like, I was afraid that he was going to be like, well, let's, let's consider the options. He's like, no, fuck you. Here's the option. You do what I fucking say. And he, and he agreed with Garrick, who was like, this is war. We're yeah. going to kill him unless <laughs> – Good Unless, God, y'all. What Unless, is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Killing Jim Dawes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we can come up with some way to not have to kill these dudes. Yeah, we're going to kill them. We're going to kill them all. Yeah. Kill them all. Because Cisco, I mean, the one thing you will say about Cisco is, dude, he fucking, in order to catch Eddington, he shot fucking poison into the air of a planet that would rule it inhabitable like cisco doesn't give a fuck about killing six gem hadar guys no on the war crimes meter he's pretty high up there <laughs> i wouldn't even say war crimes meter it's just yeah, it's not a war crime i don't think it's he's got bloodlust using a metagenic weapon or what mutagenic weapon or whatever you call it on an entire planet to make it uninhabitable even if nobody dies i th- i think you're being a coward dennis <laughs> He's a collaborator. You're a collaborator. I'm a collaborator. Dennis is a collaborator. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis, you're you gotta do what you gotta do to win the war, bro. No. You gotta do what you gotta do to win the war. We can't let them change us. Evil must be opposed. <laughs> Evil must be opposed. But yeah, so Cisco doesn't give a fuck about killing nine Jemhadar people. He's gonna fucking kill them. Unless he can come up with a better plan. But unfortunately, he, he, he might have, he might be able to do it because he goes and talks to the guy. He's like, "Wait, parlay, parlay," and then he goes <laughs> talk to the dude. He says, "Hey, man, your Vorta told me you were coming here so we could kill you." Duh. Like, and that's kind of what the Jemadar yeah, guy says. Yeah, I'm cool with it. But this is our job, so kill us. Get that white. What yeah. a crazy! I mean, just. The loyalty of these these soldiers is just completely bonkers. And you know, Cisco has to feel at some point, like, how are we going to defeat these guys? Mm-hmm. I just told him that his boss sold him out, and he just doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, cool, whatevs. I kind of figured that, too. I saw the plan. It was a stupid-ass plan, but we had to do it because that's how we're made. Because he the boss. These Jem Hadar guys would make great husbands. They just listen, no matter what. <laughs> they don't care about anything. They're just like, yep, 
I'm going to go on Jim Hadar Tinder right after this. Uh, yo, I bet they fuck like machines, too. <laughs> Just give them some drugs. Just give them some drugs. They'll pound all night. But then if the drugs run out, you're in trouble because they're going to get all like clingy mix, and weird. Mix some Molly in with the catcher cell white. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to get all weird and like clingy and, uh, you know, anxiety ridden. And then it'll just be like a regular relationship. But if you can keep them in drugs, you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can handle this. I've been in worse relationships. All right. You good. All right. You know. All right, Jenny, have at it. Jem Hadar Tinder. <laughs> Plenty of Jen Hadar. That are willing to die. <laughs> it'd be called founder yeah it'd be called yeah. founder found her founder clit oh hey now <laughs> but you do realize that if something went bad with you like oh man i got a cold they would just kill you that's true no they're always loyal they wouldn't kill you unless hmm. you ran out of that white yeah I wonder if I could just give them like bacon soda and they wouldn't notice the difference. They would know after a while, Jenny. You'd really have to cut that thing. <laughs> Are you cutting the catch us all white? Yes. Because if you cut the white, they're you not going to fuck. listen to rap music then because they explain how to do that in rap yeah. music. Uh, yeah. And if you cut it, and if you cut it too much, they're not going to fuck you right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw this thing on Twitter a while back about how Bone Thugs and Harmony brags about being the worst drug dealers in the world <laughs> like most most rappers that rap about drug dealing say how how great they are at it how they cut it and the people don't even realize that it's a, a an inferior product or whatever but bone thugs and harmony they rap about selling fake drugs to people <laughs> and if somebody complains they just kill them <laughs> how do you have a customer base like that well that's not being terrible i mean that's not yeah, the it worst is. the whole point of being a drug dealer is you have repeat business yeah, but I mean, people are, might still come. If, if every customer you have gets a hot shot, so they'll either die or they'll come back and complain and you have to kill them. Well, maybe they're talking about weed, like they put like oregano in there and shit like that. No. Like their weeds, their weeds got a lot of seeds. No. They literally say, I'll sell them dummy rocks. Huh. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. That's just being a poor drug. But they brag about it. <laughs> I mean, it got them this far, right? You're not in Bone Thugs and Harmony. I'm not. I would love to be. <laughs> Easy. They're from Ohio. They are. They're from Cleveland. Yeah. They play, it seems like they play Cincinnati like once a year. Yeah. And they always do. I mean, wake they keep up. Getting, wake up. They keep getting booked, so it must be going well. Somebody's gone. Well, it's the first title. Even though I only know two songs, I only know two Bone Thug songs. I, I know. You no know Crossroads. You know. know Looking through my book. eyes. I don't know that one. Look into my eyes. It was on the Batman soundtrack. Which one? The second one. Batman Forever, I'm pretty sure. Or the third one. I don't know if I know that one. It's one of the biggest songs in the world. Is it Look Into My Eyes? Of course it is. Here, let me see. Is this it? I'm sure it's not one of the biggest songs in the world, Dennis. It's it not We, it's not at, we Are the World. Billboard. Look at the billboard charting for it. One of the biggest songs in the world. It was one of the biggest songs in the world. I'm listening to it now. Look into my eyes and tell me what it is you see in me. Uh, not ringing a bell. 
Are you fucking kidding me? I'm telling you, this is from Batman with Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, that was the Batman. You guys are insane. No, that was definitely the worst Batman movie. Yeah, I, de- I definitely don't. Oh, know yeah, I know, but I'm, you're insane for not knowing this song. I don't know. I'm just telling you, I don't know it. Don't get <laughs> mad at me. I'm not. Look into my eyes. <laughs> See if I have to pee. But yeah, I don't know that one. It's I know Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Is How do that, you know Thuggish Ruggish Bone and you don't know looking? I just know the it's the Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Right? Is that how it went? It's yeah, the Thuggish is. Ruggish Bone. <laughs> it's the Thuggish Ruggish Bone. I know that one. But I just know that part of the song. I don't know any other part of it. Like if you were like, what's another word? Nobody does. I would just be like, iggity biggity. That's, that's their whole appeal is you can't understand what they're saying. Woo-hoo-ba-da-boobity. <laughs> that's what the liner notes are there for. You're like, all right, <laughs> lyrics, real quick. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah that's, I know Thuggish Ruggish Bone, and then I know First of the Month, and then Crossroads. Crossroads. And that's the end of my... Uh, you don't know the one with Biggie? They also did a song with Tupac. On Biggie's uh, Life After Death, they did a song with him on there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I had Ready to Die. I didn't really listen to a lot of Life After Death. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. No. I think it was, I think that was a double album, and that was the lead track on the second disc. That's when hip hop was, that's when the record community in general the business was making unnecessary double albums yes yeah because smashing pumpkins had one um melon skits were very big in rap music yes. at that time. yes <laughs> they were they were skits were huge like it was like you were listening to half one of my favorite skits is on uh, gangsta's paradise there's this guy who goes into the record executive's office and complains because they haven't gotten paid yet and somebody kills him. <laughs> I want a Spotify playlist of just rap skits. Oh, we could do that. Pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, like the twenty thousand dollars, the twenty thousand sack pyramid on the Chronic yeah. was a great one. Yeah, twenty dollars sack pyramid. Yeah. My favorite is uh, is on the Fuji's record, <laughs> where they go into the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> okay like, then, fine. I'll kick your monkey asses my damn self. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, Red Man had a lot of skits on his records. Yes, of course. The late 90s. That was yeah. what it was all about. It's just skits. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely remember the 20 sack pyramid. Dun, 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 triple cheese. Some of the, like, I think Three Six Mafia, they have some skits on theirs, but they're one of the last ones to do it. I can't. I couldn't name a Three Six Mafia song. Oh, what? Chickenhead. That's a Three Six Mafia song. Well, Project Pat. But how do you know all this? Because <laughs> didn't they do? Um, didn't Three Six Mafia do that one song about spelling Bob butts? Ollie, smelling butts. Like, <laughs> no, they oh. were. Sp- what was that song they did um, about the butts and guts or whatever or something? I don't know. No, that's MC Hammer. No. In a bump. bump no, I know Humps in a Bump. Uh, what was the name of that song that was, I can't remember. Uh, I, whatever. It wasn't good. There was a lot of shitty hip hop back then. 
Ah, I love I love Three Six Mafia. We got some Three Three Six Mafia. <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, so um, they end up just ex the Jem'Hadar guys. Like the boss guy runs back. I don't know why he just doesn't shoot Cisco right there. Because well, he has honor. Yeah, but still, they though, I mean, out. you have to honor the timeout. Timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, unfreeze. <laughs> All right. And then they go, and then they just shoot each other. Yeah. Yeah. But in in the melee, in the ranged attack, one Starfleet guy dies. G- General White guy dies. He did. I was just thinking that um, when when they pause the fighting so they can talk or whatever, it's like when you used to play Mortal Kombat back in the day, and you were <laughs> fighting against your friend, and then somebody had to like answer a phone or something like that. You would just hang on, my mom's calling me. You on I, your honor, yeah. on your honor, not to hit them while you were waiting for them to be ready. Yes, <laughs> it's very nice. Hang on, pause it and like make sure that the other person is like ready. You'd yeah. be like, okay, are you ready? My mom needs me. Hang on, I gotta go take out the trash. Hang on, pause. Yeah. Pause. Pause, Dick. <laughs> My sister and I would just troll each other. Just unpause it real quick. Just beat the shit out of the other one and then pause it again. <laughs> no honor. Pause, it, no pause honor. it after you trigger your move. Like, why is Liu Kang flying across the screen? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen before. Dick. <laughs> As soon as you unpause. Yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah, they shoot him and that's the episode. That's here's the thing though. So apparently the Jemhadar must have had some hope of fixing that communicator because the guy's like, Hey, if I had two more vials. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, because it was going to take ten days to fix. That's why, and he knows he didn't have ten days worth of worth of. And he even tells him that. But he's like, but they still must have been able to. Like he must have estimated that they actually could fix it. Yeah, because well, the one guy told him it was going to take ten days, but that was just going to be even be a test. Yeah, but that sounds like a shitty auto mechanic to me. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got to get a part in from Tulsa. Yeah, we got to check your uh, lantern fluid to make sure that that's got you know it's all up to date. <laughs> Lantern flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds yes. like it to me. He, but yeah, so he says if he would have had two more vials, then it would have killed him, but whatever. But he's so smug about it. And Cisco's like, Cisco wanted to shoot him at first because he's just walking through the battlefield looking at these dead Jam Hadar guys. I'm surprised Cisco didn't he blast. Prancing. Like he's like, yeah. La-di-da, I'm healed. La-di-da. <laughs> he's prancing. I like how Cisco was so mad he couldn't even do like proper Cisco angry voice, crazy voice. He was like just stumbling all over his words. Get this son of a take him <laughs> back to the campsite. And then that's it. Then the episode's over. Yeah. It's good stuff. It was great. Pretty fantastic. Um, this episode, I'm gonna get this episode's like, what's our highest rating? A nine. This episode's a ten. <gasps> Jeez, it's, it's a nine. It's really great. Like, and again, it's the B story. Like the A story, the A story works on a level because you really get the gravitas of the Jem Hadar. Like, they don't give a fuck. They're just here to fight, and they're gonna fight you to the death. And uh-huh. they don't even, they don't even care. They know they're but gonna to die. To be honest, we've kind of seen some of that yes. before. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
it kind of needed that extra. It needed some sriracha on top, and that's and what it, the Kira thing was. And uh-huh. it also kind of gives you a, a more of a of a of a look into the Vorta, you know, and their kind of skeeziness and ickiness overall. But yeah, the Kira thing just puts it over the top. This episode's nine all the way. God, that shit was so good. Jenny, what do you say? I was gonna say eight and a half, just because I feel like if it was more Kira, it would be even better. Like, because I really enjoyed that storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, it may have been a little bit of a better balance, but then I'm like, you know what? It was still a really fucking great episode. I'm gonna give it a nine. All right, Dennis. I'm I'm along the same lines as Jenny, and I think the thing about it too is it's right in the middle of like this whole run of awesome episodes. Yeah. So I was like, I was thinking like, oh, it's like an 8.5, maybe 8.75. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If this happened any other time in the series, this would be yeah. a, a no doubt nine. There's, so exactly. there's no reason. There's no reason to ban it up, dude. No. <laughs> no. Exactly. It's not like it's not like you have a. If this was uh, a TNG episode. God, if this was a TNG episode, this would be the greatest TNG episode yeah, ever. This is like <laughs> there are four lights. That's how great this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the weird part is the thing that makes it so great is the B story. Like a story, the a story for this is good. I'd say the a story is like a six, six and a half. But the b story is just so fucking bonkers. You have no idea where this is even going to go because at first you're just like, "What's happening here? Why am I just looking at Kira getting out of bed and like drinking coffee given to her by a Jem Hadar soldier?" And what is this? Like, where are we going? And then she's talking to Jake. And then at first I thought this was going to be about Jake and his stupid newspaper articles. And they even busted like your articles don't get published. They don't approve them. Nobody reads them. And then they're having this dumb interview and she's like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. And then it just fucking, it goes from that to some lady killing herself in protest of the fucking occupation. It's crazy. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's based on like, oh, well, the Vorta's just going down there to set up some stuff because there's no parts coming in. Because that's all the whole pretense of it. The Vorta is going down to Bajor to, to, to help them out with some science stuff and some manufacturing things because they don't have that anymore now they've been cut off from the Federation. So this, in the end, this will help Bajor. Don't worry about it. You worry too much, Vorta. You worry too much about it, fucking Yayam or whatever your name is. Fuck you, I'm killing myself. Oh, shit. Cray cray. It's great. It is. Yeah, and it's not like you have to ration out your nines. Like you only get a yeah. certain number of them for the well, you only yeah. get you only mm-hmm. get ten you only get ten nines for the whole season. For the whole series. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've used that many, so I'm gonna use one on this one. All right, there you go. Nines all round. Mm-hmm. Let's burn a nine. Let's burn a nine. Yeah. So there, so there you go, everybody. That was the episode. Thank you so much for listening. It was a really wonderful episode to watch. It was a really episode, well, wonderful episode to review. And uh, the poll, the results of the poll are in from last week or from two weeks ago. Dork Trek poll, according to Facebook, it says uh, we did a poll on Facebook about who would you rather be stuck in an elevator with. Uh, 14 votes. That's on Twitter, I think. Oh, okay. You're looking on Facebook? I'm looking on Facebook. How, what was the percentage on Twitter, Dennis? Uh, so there were 14 votes by a margin of 71% to 29%. Mm-hmm. Gold Ducat. Okay. And then on Facebook, it was a little closer. Wait, did who we say you, what the poll was for? Yeah. Who would you rather be stuck in an elevator with? 
Gold Ducat or Wayun. On Facebook, it was 60% Gold Ducat, 40% Wayun with 30 mm. votes. Cool. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Some of the comments were um, uh, Gary, our big listener, Gary in uh, Australia said he would kill Wayun within the first couple minutes, <laughs> perhaps even before the door closed. He said, and, but then he said, I had a lot of questions for Gold Ducat. So, mm -hmm. um, interesting. So there you go. I like these poll questions. We should try to come up with some more of them and ask ask our listeners some questions every week. That was cool. I'm too lazy to think of any questions. So well, I, the cool part about that one is it just came naturally throughout the episode. And exactly. and a lot of times when we if that comes up, we'll do it. You know, I don't want to force it. Like, how would you kill yourself? Like that would be a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a Jim Hadar. How many dicks would you suck for some catch yourself away? <laughs> and I'll suck your dick. All of them. <laughs> Somebody made a great uh, video. You know the scene from, I think that's from, uh, is that from Boys in the Hood? Where the guy no, that's like, from, no, Dennis. Or that's from guys? Menace to Society. How do you know Three oh. Six Mafia, but not the difference between Boys in the Hood and Menace <laughs> to Society? My mommy and daddy wouldn't let me watch those movies when I was a kid. Well, my mommy and daddy would. And it was awesome. <laughs> but somebody made a, from that scene, that little six second scene where the guy offers to suck the kid's dick. Suck your dick. <laughs> this was during the free agency when nobody was signing for the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, come play for the Knicks. <laughs> What'd you say to me? <laughs> come play for the Knicks. And then he beat him. <laughs> now he shoots him. He just kills him and takes his cheeseburger. Did he shoot him? Yeah. Yeah. That's a little harsh. Yeah, Menace Society is a harsh movie, Dennis. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go, everybody. That's, that's our film. That's our episode for the week. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with more Deep Space Nine good news. I don't understand. <laughs>